Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. An Erios production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. 39 and single. Can someone help me out? He could be balding, bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball. Gay, straight, black, white, shiny eyes with an underbite. I just need Hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of Spermcast. You are going to love this episode. But before we get to it, let me just thank my latest subscribers, Allison M. and Brindis H. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but I did my best. Also, just in case I missed you last week, I want to say thank you to Sarah M. and Aaron L. We are now up to $1,044.304 patrons. Amazing. I can't thank you all enough. You are inspiring me to keep making this show. You are helping me pay my medical bills. I mean, it's an honor and a privilege. And I'm so hashtag fucking blessed (laughs) to have you. If you're a listener and you haven't subscribed yet, you can go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast and have access to all kinds of exclusive content plus real-time updates when I have them. For instance, updates like what happens at my ultrasound on Thursday. Yeah, my ultrasound is on Thursday and I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm cautiously optimistic. I just have no idea. I'm not, I'm not thinking about it too much. I'm trying not to think about it too much. As soon as I know what's up on Thursday, I'll let all of you know. Again, if you want to sign up for the Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash spermcast. That's not the only way you can support the show. If you want to support financially, you can just Venmo molly-hockey. You can also go and rate, review, and subscribe if you're a new listener. On Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, please go rate and review and help me reach new listeners. You can also share episodes with your friends or anybody that you think might be interested. Go for it. Do it. Help me out. Okay, let's move on to some updates. A lot of people keep asking me if I have any symptoms yet, and the answer is not really. Except that I'm sleepy and out of breath, and I've looked it up. So as far as breathlessness goes, even though your baby isn't big enough to be putting pressure on your lungs, you may find it less easy to breathe or you may be more aware that you need to take a deep breath. Yes, this is true for me. I'm out of breath walking up my back stairs or going on a walk around my neighborhood or just standing in my kitchen or or pulling weeds in the backyard. In the first few weeks of pregnancy, a normal increase in the hormone progesterone causes you to breathe more often. This can look and feel like shortness of breath. This hormone expands your lung capacity, allowing your blood to carry large quantities of oxygen to your baby. 
But here's what's been bothering me about this is that I have been on the same amount of progesterone since the end of June. The same amount every day, one injection in the morning, one vaginal suppository in the early afternoon, and another one late at night. So why would I only feel this shortness of breath starting a week ago? Well, progesterone is normally produced in the corpus luteum, which forms after you ovulate, and because I didn't ovulate, I have to take progesterone supplements, like I just told you. But I just read a few minutes ago, and now it's starting to make sense in my mind, that the placenta produces progesterone as well. So maybe I do have more progesterone in my system right now than I did last week because my placenta is growing, which is exciting, hopefully, fingers crossed. I'm also, like I said, a little bit tired. I wouldn't go so far as to say fatigued, but for the last four or five days, I've gotten really tired in the afternoons. Sometimes I let myself take a nap, which is so fun. I've been avoiding my What to Expect When You're Expecting book that I got last year when I was pregnant because I don't really want to know the size of my embryo or embryos right now. I don't want to get too attached. But I just cracked it and skipped to the symptoms section and read a little bit about fatigue. In your first trimester, you are manufacturing your baby's life support system, the placenta, a massive project that won't be completed until the end of the first trimester. Your body's hormone levels have increased significantly. You're producing more blood. Your heart rate is up. Your blood pressure is down. Your metabolism is burning energy over time, even when you're lying down. And you're using up more nutrients and water. It goes on to say that once the Herculean task of manufacturing the placenta is complete around the fourth month and your body has adjusted to the hormonal and emotional changes pregnancy brings, you'll feel a little peppier. Well, that is all very interesting and validating, so let's just hope everything goes well on Thursday. And now, it's time to move on to our guest. She is a writer, a producer, a director, and (laughs) the girl that I used to date. First of all, I want to comment on this outfit. I'm going to take another picture of your outfit. Oh, you like my outfit? Yes. Sorry, woman. Woman. The woman that I used to date. <laughs> when, when does this interview actually begin? Whenever. Okay. Oh, she has a name, too. Her name is Sarah King. These socks and these fantastic... <laughs> penguins. Oh, they're not penguins. They're blue-footed boobies. Oh, I love penguins. You know penguins um, mate for life? Oh, I didn't know that. And these aren't penguins. They're blue-footed bo- well, boobies. I take it all back. <laughs> um, <laughs> a couple kids started this company. Mm. When they found out that blue-footed boobies were going extinct, they made these socks and they donate all the profits. To I love that. The, they're on the Galapagos. You're such a Virgo. How does that make me a Virgo? Do you know much about your sign? Oh, just, I don't know that I'm an earthy and obsessive and perfectionist, but I'm not... I'm like a failed perfectionist. You're not a failed perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist for things that like are not important. No, you things have attention. You me. have attention to detail to things that you care about. Exactly. Which tends That's to why my be house about is a mess. On the environment and mm-hmm. being a good, honest, virtue. Like you, you, you value like your humanity and other people's humanity, and like integrity and like treating the environment with respect. And these are things that fuel you. That's so nice. Well, it's a fact. Oh. Well, how does that, how does the sock thing make me a Virgo? 
<laughs> um, because you were talking about the people that made the sock company, and it's all about saving an animal. Oh, yeah, that's and that's why I bought the socks. Classic Virgo, yeah. Because I try not to um, buy new clothes mm-hmm. anymore. Um, I remember. <laughs> oh, did I not? Uh, did I do that back then, too? You Yes, you've never been a big oh, clothes buyer. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I used to wear that shirt all the time. I loved that shirt. I remember. So yeah, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Oh my god. What's so funny? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, yeah, but that was a shirt when we were, um, you know, dating. Yeah, what do we call say. that? We just call it dating. Oh, is that what we call it? I don't know. That's what I. I'm think. fine with that. I mean, I, I. That's what I say when I talk about you. Yeah, we dated for a while. We 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 dated on and off for a year. Yeah, I mean, is that what you, you would know, say? Um, mostly on. I mean, well, I don't know. It was so know. confusing. I know. It was confusing. Uh, well, one of the things that I want to talk about in this podcast, in this yes. episode, is uh-huh. this. Great. And then I, you have so many amazing uh, other things that I want to talk about as well. Okay. So while this is juicy. Yes. Yes. Let's make sure we don't talk about it for too long. We don't have to talk about it at all. Oh, I like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um... <laughs> I think we should explore it a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, how long ago was that? It was like four years ago? Let's see. I was 37. I had just turned 37. You were on a I'm dating app. I'm about to be 42. Congratulations. You're, you're not looking a day over 21. Fuck. I, we, were, we met on a dating app called Bumble, correct? No, Hinge. No. Oh. Maybe it was Hinge. I think it was the only time I ever met anyone on Hinge. I'm pretty sure it was Bumble. Oh. Maybe it was Hinge. I honestly don't remember, but it was a dating app nonetheless. And so I, I assumed that you were a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really, I didn't know of you. And then... And we had like a thousand mutual friends. And then friends. once I discovered that we had mutual friends, I asked a, a, a fellow friend who you love, Katie... Dotson. Oh, yeah. And I was like, do you know this chick, Mo- uh, Molly? Molly? She's like, Molly. I'm like, she does stuff at I.O. She's like, Molly Yaki? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, I didn't know she was into girls. And I was like, oh. But that was my track record was like, I swear to God, a, a curious straight woman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's like moth to a flame. Yes. And it wasn't intentional. It's People have asked me so many times because I've had relationships with a few women that I've really obviously cared for that were not quote unquote lesbians or even bisexual and they're like or had never been before never been before and they're like is that your deal they so many people always ask me is that your thing I'm like no are you no my thing is just to meet nice a nice woman I just and in this city of LA where there's not one lesbian bar yeah what the hell is that about it's very telling of, of of the second largest city in the United States that we don't have one lesbian bar. And then you look, you look at West Hollywood and you look at all of the places that what gay men fuck? have to go. We, it would be very helpful if in a city as big as us that we had more spaces for people to go where they could just walk in, you know, after work or whatever and know that they were in a safe space of, of people just like them. And the fact that we don't have that is the reason why so many women have taken to online dating and women's online dating experience is vastly different than men's and especially queer women's because there are so many women now that are coming um, out on online. If that makes any sense. I just went on a tangent. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I assumed you were gay. My friend told me you right, were right, 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 right. And then I was like, you know what? Because you just seemed so, like, you seemed so sweet and funny, and I was intrigued. And it's so hard to meet um, 
to meet queer friends. It's so hard to mm. meet people just in general in our world. And so I went ahead and went on the date, even though I knew that maybe you weren't actually at all experienced with women. And then, right. as you remember, um, I was because of my anxiety, so nervous on I our date. I remember. I was sweating profusely. I was so hot. And I was cool as a fucking cucumber. Yeah, you were. Well, yeah, of course you were. And I was flirting like I've never flirted in my <laughs> life. I was so confident. Well, you were super confident. And I, I, I think I even was like, I think I even like tickled you or something. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what. Oh, I was but, trying to make you sweat more because it was so funny And you to were me. so great about it. And I just, and I could make eye contact and I was sweating so much. The sweat was dripping in my eyes <laughs> do you remember this my back was like soaking wet and remember I remember lo- your, your the back of your neck oh yeah and you were so sweet and funny and I was like well and, and again like obviously you know in hindsight you can say well maybe not the best idea for an actual lesbian to try to pursue a relationship with someone <laughs> who's, who's not gay and has never dated a woman before but I mean you know you were this like ray of sunshine and you were just so sweet and I and I loved that you were I loved your work ethic and I loved how you you know you cared so much about like I loved that you had opinions on the on the environment and how to how to treat your body and Aww. like all of these things and I I just I I I saw like a strength in you that at the time you know really uh pulled me to you and so then we began a very um uh interesting uh kissing friendship (laughs) (laughs) with a lot of snuggling and um we tried we tried we gave it our all molly we did we gave gave it our our all. all and i i mean i think what we saw in one another i think we both really found i want to talk about this for a second Oh my god! I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. I, I haven't talked to me- anybody other than my uh, than my girlfriend in like months. So I'm just like, I can't shut up. Don't lean too close to me. Oh my god! I'm, we're absolutely far enough. Okay, I forgot to tell the listeners that we're outside in my backyard because her headphones were clicking over Skype, and we're we're good ten feet apart. I think is this ten feet? Hopefully, but we're not wearing masks, and so it's like this is a little nerve wracking. But I think it's fine. We're fine. I'm fine. Um, You're fine. No, but you just gave me a bunch of wonderful compliments, and I just want to say back to you that you know you came to me at a time when I was not feeling good about myself, that I had just come from a terrible relationship where, you know, this person didn't give me a compliment in six years. <laughs> and I I didn't have any self-confidence. And you came around and, you know, you were t- you would tell me that I was beautiful if I was wearing like baggy khakis and an old sweater and you were taking pictures of me all the time and I don't know you just made me feel like better than I'd felt in years you just um and you helped me build up my depleted self-worth and I tried to be honest with you about everything yeah as I do feel I I feel guilty I, I have guilt around our relationship because I feel like I that we were in this confusing relationship, whatever it was, um, for so long. And and that I knew that I wasn't gay three weeks in. And we talked about it the yeah. whole time. It wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like I didn't say anything, but I do feel like, 
I don't know. I just don't feel like that was right to you to to let you stay with well, I, somebody then. I disagree yeah. with you because I, you were upfront with me. And, and that's what I what I was trying to get at is that I walked into this situation knowing that you were not a lesbian. I also knew that you were saying to me, like, I'm not, yes, we have a connection, but I don't, I, I don't think I could ever really be with a woman and I'm attracted to men and, and all of these things. And, and just as much as you say, I was helping you to kind of feel good about yourself again. In many ways you were doing the same thing for me. That's the thing. Yeah. I think we both found each other at a time in our lives when I really had lost my footing Mm. in terms of like my work and who I was, who I was creatively had, I felt like a shell of myself. And I think you, I, I I loved your work ethic. I loved, um, how I loved your discipline and I, and, and, you know, we, we, you're hilarious obviously. And, and so part of the, our dynamic, I think like, I think we both understood that there was something that we were offering to one another Mm -hmm. that we weren't finding in someone else. And we were okay with knowing that it was kind of a stepping stone in our lives to, to something else. That's really nice to hear. That's how I really feel. I mean, I love spending time with you. Yeah, I love spending time with you. And I just, and I wished I was gay. Right. And I, and, and, and at the time, you know, I obviously wished you were gay too, but then, (laughs) (laughs) but like for me, um, our friendship, and this is really, I mean, this is, this is, I think really important to stress our friendship as two women that were independent and and really trying to find our voices as artists and wanting to like that's the thing like I I had become so disillusioned with everything around me like Mm -hmm. it it, it felt very there was this blow after blow awful boss who was sexually right you know just verbally and emotionally abusive I had had a, 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 a failed relationship with a woman that I thought that I was going to at the time marry. And like, I, I just felt so lost as a person living in, in this city like Los Angeles. And I think that I was inspired by your, your mind and your focus and your integrity. And instead of knowing how to look to myself to get that for myself, I think I made it in, in ways looked at you for for that mm. instead of instead of making myself figure out how to do it for me does that make any sense at all yes no it makes sense it makes and, sense. and just as much as like i think you love the fact that i you know that you yeah enjoyed I mean, your compliments the things sorry there's so many hornets right? you're fine they're not gonna come out are they you. hornets when their bodies are detached like that is that what they're called i honestly don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're fine they're not gonna sting you <laughs> molly Oh, do you okay? Oh my god, I've never been so scared in my life. Really? It's on your hat now. No, it is. No, it is. What do I do? Nothing. Don't freak out. Don't do freak I take out. The hat off? No, this just um. If Where you want, okay. Oh, no, you're fine. Maybe take the hat off slowly okay, and then throw. Yep, and then throw it back. It's on the back of your hat. Okay, you got it. Perfect. There you go. That hat was fire, though. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they? Why did they suddenly come around? I don't know because I'm wearing um, no. really yummy. I don't see them cologne anymore. <laughs> Do you see them anymore? No. <laughs> I don't see them anymore. No, they're gone. 
Uh, a friend of mine gave me this uh, guy cologne. Are you wearing a cologne? Yes, and I can't. I'm obsessed with it. Toxins. That's what I think when I think cologne. I think it's all natural, but thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, um, I, I don't want you to. You have nothing to feel guilty about. You were always honest and upfront with me. I mean, oh, well, unfor- listen. But let's be let's be real. We we were both extremely, I think, codependent. Yes, absolutely, and. Um, and I had never been in a relationship with somebody that treated me the way I usually treat everyone else. Sure. I, you know, it was sort of like looking in a mirror. Sure. And it, it was a little enlightening for me in, in relationships. It was very enlightening for me as well. Yeah. I, I learned a lot from that time. Yeah. Because um, also you had introduced me to Al-Anon. Oh, during during that time. Oh. And I had started going to Al-Anon meetings eventually and... Um, I, which is that okay to talk about? You know, technically we're not supposed to, but I have mentioned it before on the podcast. Well, I, so. I'm going to mention it because it really, for me, was a, a, a big eye opener because I started to recognize m- some codependency patterns and behaviors that I had been doing my whole life. Yeah. And not to minimize our relationship that, but no, I, not at all. but I recognize that I desperately wanted to you know, treat you right and care for you. And like, I wanted to see your career flourish and I wanted to do all these things for you. But again, and this is nothing to do with you. This is everything to do with me. I recognized by the end of it, I was like, I didn't know how to take care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't doing any of those things for yourself. Not nothing, not nothing at all. And I hadn't been, I wasn't doing things for myself before you. And I especially didn't do it during that time because my main focus was, I just desperately wanted to find someone that I clicked with. That was a woman that I could love and that we could be happy together mm-hmm. and, and make this like kind of creative situation with one another. But what ended up happening was I wasn't doing any work for myself. And also we, we weren't intimate really. We had stopped, we weren't really intimate. We were intimate like, you know, every now and again, but I, I kind of thought, well, maybe that's, that's the best that is out there in the way of, of that. Maybe like, maybe I can't find someone that I can be that wants to have sex with me, but I can have this emotional, spiritual connection with this person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Instead of recognizing that we really are just wonderful, amazing friends and we can, obviously you know look outside of this dynamic but also outside of other people to find happiness and then and and recognizing that so much of like what we wanted depends on us finding how to do it for ourselves yeah so much and that's how I was in every other previous relationship and I had just started going to Mm Al-Anon when I went to Al-Anon I was like oh I'm done doing anything for anyone ever again right like some of the things that you were trying to do for yourself, like assert your your assert yourself and take care of yourself. I, I desperately wanted to do for myself, but I did not at the time know how to do it. How interesting that when I became that person, I attracted somebody, somebody like you who like that's a that's a very typical codependent relationship. I turned into Dan and you turned into me. I mean, well, I was already you before. Right, 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 right. I think what you were trying to do is you were trying to to take care of yourself. Yeah. And I still didn't know how to do that for myself. So I was attracted to that aspect of you. I mm-hmm. liked your independence. I liked that you were so focused on your career. And that's one of the things that, that I latched on to. Yeah. And then 
after our relationship, I entered into another dynamic with someone. And then basically after that was when I finally really, really started doing that kind of work about realizing just patterns of behavior that I had been doing since I was a little kid. Yeah. Because that's what I, how I was, as you know, like that's my, the family that I grew up in. And you yeah. grew up with some similar stuff. And yeah. I think we, again, we recognize that in one another. This is very interesting. <laughs> but then, you know, through therapy, which is a, a wonderful thing, and through going to Al-Anon, I've always thought that if I found someone to love me, that all of the things that I had been putting off or that I wasn't fully working on would 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 all of a sudden magically right. come together. Yeah. And I real I really desperately thought that. And then it hit me. Like I hit it's like a bricks and I was like, "Oh, no, that 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 is such a, a learned pattern of behavior and yeah. a way of thinking and it it's very female as well. Let me let me fall on the sword for you. Let me take care of you. Let mm-hmm. me to my detriment. Let me give you everything because that's what love is. Love is self-sacrificing. Yeah. You know, not that not that love can't be that, but it has to be balanced. Yeah. You're so well spoken about this, and I'm just sitting here going, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> yeah. Like, don't, I can't think of anything smart to say back to you. Well, I'm rambling like a mad woman. <laughs> no, but I'm so on board with what you're saying. You're just like, what? Uh, anyway, yeah. well, that's what I'm saying. So I look at when I look at you in the past. Like our time together was profound. I think for both of us in different ways. I don't want to speak for you, but for me, I definitely i look, I look back sure. with so much love and appreciation for even meeting you. Yeah, and for and for for the lessons I learned during all of that. Yeah, and after I feel the same. Did we tackle that? No, we so did. Great, oh, so good. So, so good. can I ask you a question? Wait. Oh, sure. What's going on with your um your belly? I filled her in on everything you all already know, so we're going to skip this part. Anyway, so yes, so when I first met you, I had just had my egg retrieval, and you told me something incredible. You told me that you donated your eggs to your sister, Mm -hmm. and that she had two boys, and so that technically you are the biological mother of your nephews. Do you not say it like that? You're looking at me funny. No, I'm not. No, I was just listening to you. Um, so I donated my eggs to my sister and then she gave birth to two boys and they are now 12. (gasps) Oh my goodness. And we bonded over that because, um, I'd gone through the hormones, did it. And then I think also what I, you were so sweet. I had one of the boys, the boys' names are Nicholas and Lucas and Lucas ended up, um, being diagnosed with cancer. Mm-mm. And it was neuroblastoma, and it was they 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 really the the prognosis was not good, and it was all, obviously awful. Can you awful. tell us what neuroblastoma is? Well, sure. Um, it's a cancer that is very common in young uh, children, and it forms. I have to. I can. I can look. Oh, it up. I'll probably do a cutaway. Anyway. Yeah. Right. Neuroblastoma. The term neuro refers to nerves, while blastoma refers to a cancer that affects immature or developing cells. Neuroblastomas are cancers that start in early nerve cells, called neuroblasts. These are cells of the sympathetic nervous system. Neuroblastoma happens when neuroblasts grow and divide out of control instead of developing into nerve cells. This type of cancer happens almost exclusively in infants and children and is slightly more common in boys than in girls. About 700 new cases of neuroblastoma are diagnosed each year in the United States. 
Neuroblastoma most commonly starts in the tissue of the adrenal glands, the triangular glands on top of the kidneys, that make hormones that control heart rate, blood pressure, and other important functions. In a few cases, the tendency to get this type of cancer can be passed down from a parent to a child, but most cases of neuroblastoma, 98%, are not inherited. Yeah, right. But basically, um, it's very common in young children and also, um, unfortunately, percentages of child of children born through IVF tend to have um, a little bit of a higher chance of developing cancers. And Lucas was diagnosed with neuroblastoma. It was um, wrapped around his like his kidney mm. and um, etc. And they, I, yeah, I could look it up for you, but I, no, it's, no, 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 it's, no. I'll um, do the whole thing. Well, here's the whole thing. When looking at the risk of childhood cancers and IVF, there are a lot of conflicting studies. Some studies conclude a higher risk of childhood cancer for children whose parents have undergone ART. Some studies show no significant increase at all. And all of the studies say that these results could be due not to IVF itself, but to the underlying factors related to the parents' infertility. Also, the demographic backgrounds of the patients, of the parents, are not controlled for in these studies. One thing they all agree on is that more research needs to be done, but that there appears to be no significant increased risk of cancer overall associated with fertility treatments, and the slim possibility of cancer should not steer patients away from seeking fertility treatments any more than it should convince them to avoid having children at all. There's your non-answer. So he, he, you know, had to go through all of the awfulness that comes with trying to fight cancer, and he beat it and is now a, a young, healthy 12-year-old boy. That, But that experience, I think you you were so empathetic and lovely about it, which was another thing that I think drew me to you. And yeah, I mean, the, the boys are, it's amazing to see, to see them because... Well, hold on before you sure. tell me how they are now, which I'm so excited to hear about. Mm-hmm. Well, at that time, you ended up going back home to help take care of Nicholas was basically home right and so your sister and husband were mostly at the hospital all the time so you were you yeah. were spending a lot of time home with Nicholas right yes and well, you moved, were there for quite a while yeah well I basically I, I moved home um, and I stayed with my parents at the time my parents I still wasn't out oh my god of the closet my sister knew obviously and her husband and that was a conversation that we had I had said early on because I I I volunteered because mm-hmm. she had had um, a few miscarriages and then had tried um, artificial insemination and it did not work. Mm-hmm. And so I was on the phone with her and then I, I just basically said, I said, well, maybe I, sh- I could try that. And she was like, yes, please. I had been thinking about it, but I didn't know how to ask you. Oh, my goodness. So it, once she was so excited about it, it just clicked for me to like, it seemed like the right thing to do because I... I didn't know if I would ever have children with someone and I wanted to help her give her that that gift. And I think that there was something that that she and her husband loved about trying to kind of have some of our genes involved. And so we did it. But one of the conversations we had early on, I said, I was like, listen, like I'm eventually going to be out to mom and dad Mm -hmm. and also you know, there's there's a chance that you're these children, one of them might be gay. It's a gene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they also I'm going to want them to know because it's going to I'm, I'm going to want to be involved in their lives. And also for medical reasons down the road, mm-hmm. they're going to it's it's going to 
benefit them to know the the truth. Mm-hmm. So we had had all those conversations early on, but it really, honestly, it it was kind of like, yeah, of course. And then we moved forward, mm-hmm. and everything was great. It worked when, when it happened. God, you know, tears, just thanking the 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 stars and aliens above, <laughs> <laughs> and everything was wonderful. And then then the call that because Lucas had been having health problems mm-hmm. for a while, and then. He was diagnosed and it was just like, so yeah, so I moved home, that was going on and and it was just, to be honest with you, a mind fuck because no one knew. I wasn't supposed to be talking about it and I thought, I honestly, I swear to God, I'm sorry, your family knew. My my mother and father knew because they had they 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 were they helped with the whole IVF right and my dad is the one who gave me the shot, the final shot in my butt. Oh my gosh. No one knew. There was a lot of stress. But the point is, is that so that happened and I was home. And yeah, it was weird because I honestly felt like, did I do something? I was like, how did this happen? You know, at the time. And and, and it was it's interesting what families do that have been through trauma. I think we had um, Lucas was diagnosed with cancer the same time that my brother had drowned the same age. Same age. Excuse me. Same age. So, yeah, when you were Yeah, you were so kids. he was, well, my you were brother a baby. Was, my, I was a baby. My, so I don't remember him, but I remember, obviously, the aftermath of that. But that whole time period, I think everyone just went into, like, ha- absolutely. Oh, my gosh. We have to, we have to unite and, and fight this and just whatever it takes to get this little boy through oh, it. Oh, my God. And my dad, my dad was... It made it made me fall in love with my father in a way that I hadn't been before because mm-hmm. I saw my father's strength. He was there every day. Mm-hmm. He was there more than anyone else mm-hmm. at that hospital, playing with Lucas, reading to Lucas, just sitting with Lucas. And my mom and I would um, do a lot of caring for Nicholas mm-hmm. at the home so that Carolyn and Christian, you know, some people, obviously, you, life can't stop. People have to work at times and you have to have a rotating shift. And um, see, seeing seeing kids with cancer really is those, those kids fighting for their lives. They're so young. They have no idea what's going on. Aww. And then you have these poor families, so many families that go through children with cancer end up in divorce because it's just, it's so awful day in and day out. And you want, you want a reason. You want to blame something. Yeah. Was it the IVF? Was it the hormones? Mm -hmm. Is it because I have the gene, which of course, later on, years later, I found out that I do have the the BRCA gene. So did my sister. Does that have to do with the neuroblastoma though? Well, I mean... Who's to say with all of all of all of this stuff? He's fifty percent my DNA. Mm-hmm. I have the gene. Then she also has the gene, and she carried the baby with Christian sperm. So, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, but, but her... That gene wouldn't be expressed unless Christian had 
it as well. And also, I don't think it's expressed in boys anyway. The the having oh god i'm wrong i don't know brock is different we know we should we should look that up i will look it up i'll look into it um wrong 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 very wrong molly so let's talk for a second really quickly about what brca is i think we might have before but i can't remember so brca is actually an abbreviation for breast cancer or breast cancer gene br and ca i had no idea anyway brca does not cause breast cancer every human has the brca1 or brca2 gene these genes produce tumor suppressor proteins that help to stop cancer it's when either of these genes are mutated or altered so it can't function correctly that these genes may no longer be effective at helping to prevent certain kinds of cancers Because of this, people with a certain BRCA gene mutation are more likely to develop breast and other cancers, more likely to develop cancer at a younger age, and more likely to have a recurrence of that cancer. It's estimated that 12% of women will be diagnosed with breast cancer in her lifetime. However, with the BRCA1 mutation, that percentage goes up to 55 to 65% before the age of 70. And for BRCA2, it goes up to 45%. With ovarian cancer, only about 1.3% of women in the general population will develop ovarian cancer sometime during their lives. But with BRCA1, there's a 44% chance. And with BRCA2, a 17% chance. Men with BRCA2 mutations and to a lesser extent BRCA1 mutations are also at increased risk of breast cancer and prostate cancer. Both men and women with harmful BRCA1 or BRCA2 mutations are at increased risk for pancreatic cancer. Now, is there a correlation between BRCA and childhood cancer? Well, I texted a pediatrician friend of mine and he said it's usually, and I quote, it's usually a spontaneous mutation and not typically genetic. 1% of cases may have some genetic predisposition, including BRCA gene mentioned. So no, not really, end quote. Well, what does he mean not really? If there's 1% of cases that may have a genetic predisposition when they have BRCA, So anyway, I looked at the link he sent me. There's one study, as far as I can tell, that examines genetic determinants of pediatric cancer. They basically studied the genomes of a 1,000 neuroblastoma patients under 20 and compared them with another study called the Genome Project or something that also studied about a 1,000 people who did not have cancer, as well as another study that studied 700-plus people who had autism. Mutations that were found to be harmful were actually identified in 8.5% of the neuroblastoma group, but only 1.1% of the genome project group and only 0.6% of the autism group. And here's where it gets interesting. The most commonly mutated genes in the affected patients were TP53 in 50 patients, APC in 6 patients, BRCA2 in six cases, and then a handful of other ones that were, you know, in three or four or five cases. So I think the answer is, for Sarah's case, is that even though only about 1% of neuroblastoma cases can be attributed to a genetic predisposition, it is possible that if Lucas inherited Sarah's BRCA2 gene, then he would be predisposed to neuroblastoma. But it's not likely... I just don't know. I don't know. I'm not completely understanding all of this, but I tried. I really tried, didn't I? But Lucas is wonderful. He took, he's taking growth hormones. Okay, so that was so cute. When Back when we were hanging out and dating, <laughs> <laughs> he, 
He was like a, a foot shorter than his brother, and right. they were so cute. But they're fraternal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's really amazing because Nicholas is almost now as tall as me. Oh, my gosh. He's, he, he actually might be as tall as me now. Mm-hmm. And he is an absolute gentle giant. Oh. And he's so protective of his little brother. Oh. But he doesn't need to be because Lucas is all fight. He's super tough. He's got a gruffy little voice (laughs) and he's all boy. And he like, he's, they're so funny because they couldn't be more different, but they are so fiercely bonded from the experience that they went through. And they are so, they are each other's biggest fans, best friends. And Luke has been taking hormones and like he's growing and, and, and Nick is definitely still taller. I mean, but yeah, I mean it's it's remarkable to to see all of that, and they know. So I want to know how how that happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was something that we had discussed in the beginning, um, as I said earlier. But then, oh, sister, sorry, I, I discussed it with my sister and her husband. But they ended up they started telling them around. I think when they were around seven or eight, started having conversations about saying I was the special aunt, right? And the last like year or two. It's been a more adult, if you will, conversation mm-hmm. about it. Where so they they are aware that they came from my eggs. We have that bond, but it's still not something that has reached the point that I want it to reach. Meaning, I really want to have. I've been trying to keep a safe distance for many years, mm-hmm. especially once once Lucas started to really get better. And they were trying to normalize their life again. Mm -hmm. For everyone's best interest, I had to take a massive kind of step away Mm -hmm. for my own mental health and also just for for them to really kind of get their footing again. I mean, so much of his early childhood was was in a hospital and yeah. was and, and they we everyone was terrified mm-hmm. for a long time that he might not make it. So that was going on for a long time and then basically one day, yeah, her husband told me, he's like, "Yeah, well they officially know." And I was like, "Oh. Oh. I kind of wanted to be there for that conversation." Oh my gosh. And he's like, "Yeah, well, well we can have, you know, we can have we'll have it again. We'll do it again for sure, but but you know, now they know, man. You, you're you're their special aunt, and I'm like, oh, okay. And so then, you know, I went home and saw them, and I was like thinking like there was gonna be this like big parade, <laughs> like they were gonna be so like stoked to hang out with me and want to yeah. like bond and get to really get to know each other and see each other, right? And they were like, hey, Aunt Sarah, good to see you. Pat on the back, and then they were like right. out the door, right. and I was like, mm, yeah, that's how like that's that is how it's gonna be. I mean. Then I'm not their mother. Right. I'm not their mother. Right. But listen, Molly, like when I look at them, mm. I mean, a man doesn't carry a baby and he sees himself in his child. I did not carry those boys, but they are 50 percent from my DNA. And yeah. when I look at them, they look like you. I Well, Lucas looks exactly like when you. I look at them, I see myself in them. And we have so we have that we have so many similar man, mannerisms, so many weird personality quirks. Oh my god. You know, it's a mind F all the time, <laughs> but in the best, most beautiful way. Yeah. We had a conversation last time I was home because my mom was diagnosed with cancer again. And so um, we were all home a lot again for that. And during that time period, I we had like some really good heart to hearts. And I was just, I said, I was like, I really want, I really want to be able to have time with them and me. 
Mm-hmm. Can we can we somehow make that happen? Like I don't I, I want it to be where they I can take them somewhere and it's just the three of us or they can come to California and I can have a weekend a week with these young boys and, and really spend time with them. And we can really get to know each other separate from any other outside family mm-hmm. distractions. So we're working on doing that. And that's hopefully going to happen soon. Oh, cool. That's great. It's so interesting what you said about, you know, them sort of just brushing it off like it's not a big thing. And it's exactly how it should be. But how much that must sting yeah. for you. But it, yeah, I mean, thank goodness uh, they're cool with it. I mean, right. it's good for them. Well, and it's great to see how much they they love their mom and dad so much. They're such they're they're such a tight knit family because of what they've been through. Mm-hmm. And it's really beautiful to see all of those things. Uh, absolutely. But I definitely would be lying if I said like I I I want to be able to have a slight influence. Like I mm-hmm. I don't I don't I want to be able to have conversations with them that that I think are important for them at this stage in their life to have that I don't necessarily know if they're having with anyone else. Right. And it's weird because I don't, I I'm constantly obviously not wanting to upset my sister really, you Mm. know, by asking for that. But I think, and do you think it does upset her? I think it has. There's been, it hasn't been a, a walk in the clouds, this whole thing. No. Right. There was a time where it was really difficult because they were, there were things that were happening with Lucas after his treatment that made me really nervous for his health. And right. concerned, as right, we've right, talked right, about. Right, right, right. And like, I love my sister, obviously, I, I, so much. But there, it's difficult to see decisions being made that you don't agree with. Right, right. Well, because it matters to me, and it, it should be allowed to matter to me. Yeah, of course, but it, it should. It can matter to you, but you have to. But I mean, don't you feel like you have to let go? Um, absolutely. But and I did let go. Right. I did let go. Yeah. And it it was because I didn't care, obviously. Right. And it wasn't because I wasn't thinking about it all the time. It was because I recognized that I might do some things differently. I might have a different opinion. But at, at the end of the day, we made an agreement. And that agreement was they got what they wanted from yeah. me. And they have those, they have their children and yeah. they're not my children. And I, and I respect that. To put a ribbon on that there is no way to put a ribbon on it no but the ribbon on the um on the convo about your nephews knowing and stuff and i think that's i think it's really great that they know yeah i think it's wonderful so what do you think that people should do when do you think uh people should tell their kids about donor egg or donor sperm um, you're asking me if someone goes through it, like when they should tell their the offspring that they came from a donor. I mean, I know you're not the, a family therapist. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not. Well, I think that the general consensus is tell them from the second they have ears, like start talking to them right away, so it's part of their life. Do you feel like that is makes sense to you, having been through the experience? What I think is that the more honest we are in general with everyone and everything, the better. So why start lying to Mm. your child early on if you want to raise children who are, who tell the truth and want to, and and that you want to trust you? There shouldn't be shame in it. So I think encouraging honest, real dialogue as soon as a child is able to start asking questions. Yeah. Obviously, when they're really young, it's a hard thing for 
to be able to understand. I mean, we're both adults and we still don't fully understand how all of this works mm-hmm. ourselves. Right. But I think that starting to have real conversations early on that are that are honest and heartfelt are the way to be. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Sarah, we are running low on time, but I want to talk about some of the creative work that you've been doing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, you've been working on a documentary for a couple years. Yeah. Can you tell us about that, please? I can. uh, I've only seen the trailer that you made probably like a year ago, and it was so good. Oh, thank you very much. Yes. So um, I'm now in post on a documentary about a family in Texas that have been married about 30 years and the husband a few years ago in 2017 came out as being trans and transitioned into a woman and is now Danielle Joy Healy, DJ Healy, formerly Dave Healy. They are a very successful patent attorney, well-known all throughout the U.S. as one of the top patent attorneys, has two beautiful children in their 20s, a beautiful, supportive, lovely wife, Becky Healy. And they came out and basically said, I've known since I was four that I was a woman. And Becky is staying in the marriage and says that they're still in love and they're trying to figure it out. And it's a story about what that kind of modern love looks like and they're Mm. a unit and they're together the daughters are supportive and um they live in in sugarland texas they actually live in the house that i grew up in which is what Mm -hmm. what yeah they were my neighbors when i was a kid oh my god they initially contacted me to direct a web series that they had written about the trans experience a scripted web series? Yes. Wow. And very quickly I realized that there was a real story to be told. And so I asked them if they'd be willing to allow me to interview them. And then I would splice together this this interview footage with their web series. Mm. And so we shot it and we did that. And they were on board right away. Mm. And we quickly realized that we should probably scratch the web series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Texas and, and shot for like eight days. And... Got some footage together and submitted it, and we won a grant. Amazing. And then we shot more with that grant money. And um, I was I was in Texas during COVID, and I shot them a little bit for COVID. Amazing. And, and uh, shot the daughter had gone to a Black Lives Matter protest, and their daughter, Sarah, has a bunch of queer friends and a bunch of ama- just a bunch of amazing people that are, she's such a, like, a life force and so supportive, and, and we got a lot of wonderful interviews with her. And then the other um, daughter has not agreed to be on camera and is probably not going to agree to be on camera, mm-hmm. but she's supportive in her own way, but she's more conservative. Mm-hmm. And so basically it's a story about a family family figuring out how to just love one another for who everyone really is. That's beautiful. Yeah, when do you think we might be able to see something? Well, you can see something. <laughs> um, at the end of August, I'm going to have something more shaped that I'm going to start showing people. Cool. But awesome. um, we're still waiting to see. I mean, there's just been so much going on with the political climate. and what's. And, oh, my and God. I'm not in a rush to... For this right. Stuff, because there's been so, so many things that have happened in the last three years that seeing them 
find their footing, become more confident with everything, and fight the battles. DJs do does all this pro bono work to help trans people all over the U.S. Beautiful. And I've gotten to really know Becky, the wife, and Becky is just such talk about a powerful woman. She yeah. loves her partner, mm-hmm. and she doesn't consider herself a lesbian. But technically, now they are in a lesbian relationship. Yeah, and talk about that idea of like the southern woman standing by your man i mean mm. she's she's she says she's like you know whose business is it like why do people care i i love i love who i love we want to spend our lives together no matter what and it's up to us to figure out what that means but yeah. it's 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 interesting because they live you know they live in sugarland texas it's yeah. not it's it's different when you there's not a lot of people like the healys in the yeah. world, but especially not in Sugarland. <laughs> <laughs> and what was this thing that you're uh, uh, some sort of screenwriting contest that you you are a quarter finalist? I think well, that's pretty cool. Oh, thanks. Well, I, that script has actually been um, advancing in a couple different contests. Awesome. It's um, an LGBTQ dramedy half hour. Um, and I, the thing about the thing about that script is, uh, for years and years, I uh, I wanted to try to make. A show about people like me that isn't melodramatic, that isn't doesn't end up with the woman ending up back with a man or killing herself because of this. There's there's so right. much tragedy rooted in lesbian storytelling. Yeah. And there's a lot of drama, mm-hmm. unnecessary drama. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of comedic, relatable storytelling for women like me or for the LGBTQ community at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fact that they had to make the L word, remake the L word is a a very good example of where we're at. Why have, why do we have to remake the L word? Why can't we make something new? Right. And I'm surprised you're not watching it because you love the old one so much. Well, I didn't, I'll be clear. I, 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 I loved that the L word was in existence. I did. I, I didn't necessarily um, love the way a lot of the writing and direction went. Yeah. Um, Again, we're talking about some really over the top melodramatic storytelling. But back then there wasn't a lot of rep- any representation. There wasn't any. Yeah. So, Which is great. And yeah. I and I appreciate the L word like a lot of lesbians and, and people in the community do. I appreciate it for what it was. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's 2020. We need some new things. And, yeah. and we also, we need to be able to have funny, relatable, heartfelt storytelling mm-hmm. for people. Because the more we can do that, the more that it normalizes it for all of these people around the world that aren't living in our L.A. bubble or New York bubble that aren't exposed to people like me or you. And the idea of someone like you dating someone like me, they don't get it. But this, our story is very common once you start to shed light on it and and allow people to tell these stories. And then it makes for more and more people to feel comfortable in their own skin. If I had had a show like that when I was a little girl, it would have saved me years and years of, you know, really depressed isolated times yeah i didn't have anything to look to everyone was still closeted you wouldn't have joined a sorority i I was in a sorority that's right i was in a sorority (laughs) you wouldn't have worn all those dresses i wouldn't have worn dresses and had long french nails and dated boys french i had like french French manicures yeah Yeah. oh my god and i used to wear pearls and 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 wear dresses and um and i i mean i I joke about it but that i was so terrified and so scared yeah and I didn't start living my life until my late twenties. Yeah, and a lot of that story is very common. There are a lot of women who aren't exposed to 
what's out there and we don't know. And you're, ra- I was raised religious. There's a lot of people that are re- raised with such guilt and fear. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why exposure is so important. Yeah. That's why allowing people, all different types of people to have these stories told by people who experience them, experience them. Yeah. So that yes, it's entertaining, but also it's 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 educational and it's life changing. It can save a life, yeah. and I, and it does. I mean, the reason why I got into writing and directing and producing was because that's what changed my life. Being exposed to it sounds ridiculous to a lot of people, but the reality is, when well, the first time I saw Angelina Jolie and Gia was that's when I realized that I might be gay because every representation I watch that every representation I had seen of a quote unquote lesbian up until that point hated men or they were highly it was highly problematic they were super uh. unstable and depressed with who they were and all these love stories about like uh, this unrequited love mm. there was no positive representation mm. and not that Gia is positive but Gia was for lack of a better term a lipstick lesbian mm-hmm. who found this um, woman and they fell in love and the story is of this this um, famous supermodel who was a lesbian she struggled with her sexuality and so she found comfort in drugs oh, and she okay. ended up um dying oh, of no she contracted aids because of shared needles and oh, died no. right but at the, think about that molly when i was younger that was what everyone was talking about as like our representation right this sad woman who ends up because of her sadness ends up dying yeah but that's why that's why we need positive beautiful stories Mm -hmm. for for people to be able to have this exposure because it changes people it changes it changes not only questioning kids but it changes their their parents it changes their family yeah right on 100 (laughs) percent 100 (laughs) percent doctor Dr. King. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I hate everything I said. I love everything you said. I sh- I what? <laughs> it's like I have been in a box. It's like I've been in my apartment not talking to anyone. You're the first person I've like I have not been talking to people and I just <sighs> just vomited on your no, You did not. Yes, I did. No, you did not. I'm going to end this, but we're going to keep talking god. so that I can hear about Will your you girlfriend. Please just turn this off. <laughs> I mean, oh my lord. No, people are, my listeners are going to love this so much. I think you gave some very insightful I don't think that I did at all, Molly. Yes, you did. I don't even know what I was talking about. (laughs) I'm sitting here sweating. We're outside. I have the amount of tit sweat that I have happening right now. Oh my God. It is, it is real. It is you know real. What? I don't wear a bra anymore. Good. I haven't worn one. I know. In, I, don't know, I, know how long. I know. Girl, you, you never wore a bra. I know. You're right. And now that's one of the I'm things like, you liked what? about me, huh? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I love tits. I want to put them in my mouth. Oh no, you don't. I wish you did, but you don't. Well, they're pretty. They are beautiful, but it doesn't mean you want to put them in your mouth, and that's okay. And that's that's what that's what that's the whole point of this podcast is. It's that's, okay that you don't want to put tits in your mouth. That's it. That's all and that's all I want to get across today. Yeah. <laughs> that I am straight. You're super straight. You don't want tits in your mouth, <laughs> but you don't wear a bra anymore. And you know what? You don't need to. You have perfectly you're very tiny. Uh, ti- no, I wouldn't that tiny's not the word that I'm going to use. Um very perky, healthy beautiful breast oh thank you see? thank you so much see men take notice that's how you give a woman a compliment oh hell yeah right men. 
Right? Straight up. I don't even know. Can we please stop this now? <laughs> We're stopping now. Thank God. Okay, goodbye. Love you so much. I love you so Thank much. Thank you so much for okay. doing this. I hope it recorded. Oh, God. Oh God. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my girl, Sarah King, everybody. If you want to know more about her documentary or if you'd like to donate or anything of the sort, watch The Sizzle, you can go to OurDadDanielle.com. If you want to find Sarah on Instagram, it's Sarsar King, S-A-R-S-A-R-K-I-N-G. If you want to find me on Instagram, it's at Spermcast. Same for Twitter and Facebook. If you want to email me, hit me up at spermcast at gmail.com. If you want to voicemail me, <laughs> is that a thing? Or text me, it's 323-741-1818. If you want to join the Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast. And on Thursday when I go for my ultrasound, you'll find out everything that I find out on Thursday. And I'm going to find out a lot, everybody. Oh, it's going to be... I'm scared. I'm scared. My mom my mom wants to FaceTime with me. Well, but we talked about it, and I think I'm going to actually just be there alone and, you know, record it with one hand, but pay attention with my face and my eyes and looking at the screen. And, um, yeah, yeah. And I'm hoping for good news. I'm hoping for good news, obviously. But anyway, all that will be up on the Patreon on Thursday. What else? You want to support the show with Venmo? Go ahead and Venmo Molly-Hockey if you're interested. And don't forget, I'm always doing those fertility consultations. If you want more information about that, just email me at spermcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, you got to rate, review. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I just realized this might be my 100th episode. No, but I think it's next week. I'm going to go with next week. Oh my gosh, 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 what's going to happen in next week's episode? Oh, in next week's episode, we're going to have an amazing guest. Her name is Allie Stroker. You might recognize her from Broadway. Hello. So, (laughs) tune in. Allie is incredible. I think that's it for the show, everybody. Love you so much. I'll talk to you next week. Wish me luck. Keep me in your thoughts. Peace out. Mwah. He could be balding, bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball, from gay to straight, black to white, tiny ass with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. An Erios production. Powered by Acast. You'll have more than enough nightmare fuel to get you to Halloween and beyond. Creepypastas, rituals, urban legends, and more. Sit back, relax, and tell yourself. They're only stories. They're only stories. Listen to Creepy on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. A-Cast, 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 A-Cast recommends. recommends.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 